We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. Hi, welcome. What is going on? Welcome to Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for locking in. It is Tuesday. That means, as always, I'm joined by a good friend, co-host of the Maintenance Day podcast, author of Noted Hockey Substack, Needle Mover, Joe Yurden. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Needle Mover. I'm gonna have to add that one to the uh, have to add that one to the uh, the list of superlatives for uh, for for my career. Yeah, no, we're uh, good here. Uh, <laughs> I'm still I'm still like amazed at how uh, a lot of us woke up uh, on Monday oh. morning. Holy Jesus, that was, I was barely asleep, and then I could, like, hear it, and I was like, what's that? And then my bed starts shaking, and then the windows are rattling, and I'm like, is that what I think it is? I'm pretty sure it is, and it lasted, I don't know, like, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it was, and it stops, and, like, there's, you know, everything's rattling, I'm just like, I'm I'm pretty sure that was an earthquake, and if it wasn't, then I don't want to know what happened. Because if something made that happen, then I don't want to know it. But but yeah, that was wild. We're taping this Monday early evening. And again, if you don't live in Western New York and you haven't heard, there was an earthquake this morning. It was at 616 a.m. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the epicenter of this was in West Seneca. I am in West Backyard. Seneca. Yeah, like about maybe less than two miles away. Like the, somehow the technology can point almost like that exact area of a street where it wasn't mm-hmm. like off like Indian church road. It's which again is like maybe five to seven minutes from uh, my house. 3.8 was the magnitude officially. And, I, and I'll tell you, so this happened at 6, 16 AM mm-hmm. and I was pretty sound asleep. And there's a, I live in an apartment and there's a, a small apartment upstairs where a girl lives. And uh, I hear, I heard it at first. What did it last, like maybe 20 seconds or something like that? I don't know how much of it I heard, but man, did I hear it. And when I did, my first thought was somebody smashing something upstairs really, really, really loud and uh, then took off. And I I was like, you know, it is. It's not when you wake up, you're not like processing shit immediately. Like your brain's not really working. Or at least I know mine ain't. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was like, damn. And then uh, 
about 20 seconds later, I kind of got up and walked towards the window just to see what was going on with somebody in my house. Was a, did a car hit it or snow pockets? I don't know what the hell was right. going on. And then my son, who was too late, <laughs> too lazy or maybe scared to get out of bed. He's like, what the hell did you, did you hear that? What the hell's going on? Scared the shit out of me. Woke him up too. Um, that's a good way to start the week, man. Yeah. One way to get up when you don't want to, because I'll tell you right now, my alarm was set for like two hours after that. I had no exaggeration like getting up that early. I'll tell you that. that was crazy. Yeah, no, I I certainly did not. And that was, uh, boy, that was, that's a hell of a way to get a start to the day. Because it's like, you get it, like you get that adrenaline shot out of your system and you're like, okay, am I up for the day or am I going to try to get some, get a couple more Z's and you know, I don't, there's no, nothing for me to do this this week till thursday so i was like i'm gonna try to sleep again so i did but man oh man it, it it's 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 not funny no it's it, it, i mean it's we don't ex- we don't experience these kinds of things very often and uh a friend of mine uh my friend sarah lives in oakland she listens to this podcast a lot so she's gonna freak out hearing me mention this but we were talking about how when she was she told me about how when she was young uh the 1989 world series quake happened and it was she's describing she's describing everything that happened and i'm like wow i would have i would have shit my pants a thousand times going sure. through something like that and also something like that hitting here would be major disaster but um but i i but even there it was you know awful like you know uh, you know bridges collapsing freeway freeways you know collapsing onto itself like that was horrible um so it kind of puts it in perspective because it's like you know, that earthquake was like, what, 10, 20,000 times as strong as like what we got today. And it's like, wow, that's that's messed up. Boy, physics, physics is insane. That's, you know, when a hurricane comes in a, and I'm asking, maybe you don't know the the, the, uh, the answer to this. I know I don't. That's why I'm asking you. Like when a hurricane comes, like I know there was many warnings in Florida during the five years I lived there. I was living there. It was my first full year there when Hurricane Irma came. That was in 2017. But anyway. There's a blizzard coming. When there's a hurricane coming, there's kind of a warning. You know, you got some time to evacuate. Earthquakes, is there real, there's not really warnings. Shit just happens, ain't it? Like, I, I know, put it this way, I know for sure that nobody expected this to happen in Buffalo uh, to start your week on Monday morning. But these aren't something that, like, you know ahead of time are coming. They just kind of happen, ain't it? I think. It is. Uh, it's, it's a very inexact science. And it's something they're working on to try to get some idea of how you can maybe predict how they're going to happen or if they're coming or what. Uh, and so, and some of it's, you know, some really hardcore science that they're trying to figure out. And some of it is just kind of the, the old fashioned way where, uh, you look for reports of missing pets. Um, mm-hmm. and if there's a, if there's a big uptick in that, it's, it's, it tends to coincide with when there's a big earthquake coming, uh, because animals, can sense these things and they want to get the hell out of town. Um, and like that, that kind of stuff for me is fascinating, but at the same time, you can't predict when it's going to happen. I mean, we've, we, there's a horrible quake that happened in Turkey and Syria just, uh, just the other night or Sunday night, I think it was. And that's, I mean, that's horrible. What, mm-hmm. what happens there, but the, you have no way to anticipate these things coming other than knowing that if you're in a place where they happen kind of often, you have to kind of, you know, be on your toes in case, you know, the ground starts to shake underneath you. Right. I just, I, it really caught me by surprise. And to your point, when you're talking about with San Francisco, I vaguely remember that. In fact, 
a game got canceled. I, I'm pretty sure a game got canceled in the World Series because of that earthquake. Well, they they delayed. That was that was that was that happened before Game One of the World Series. Okay, like, so, right as they were getting ready to do the introductions and all yeah, that. Yeah, and that, I'll I will never forget where I was and that whole thing going down because uh, I had just come back from like a trip to the mall with my mom. I was like 10, 10, 11, whatever it was. No, eighty nine. Uh, yeah, I was ten. So and my sister and I were like just came back with my mom from shopping. And I think my dad was home for some reason. I don't know. I don't know if it was like a weekend night or whatever. I, I, I don't know. But like the t- TV was on and the game was on. And then you're watching and then you hear Al Michaels going, I think we're having an earthquake. And then the feed cuts and you're like, oh boy, what happened? And then by the time it comes back, they're doing aerial flyovers of like what's going on. You're seeing the players getting their families like out of the stands. And then, then suddenly they're, you know, the heli- you know because they got the helicopter, the blimp flying over, uh, flying over candlestick. They're going around and you're just seeing fires and all sorts of stuff happen. And you're like, what in the world happened? Yeah. Like that, that's like the first real like uh like natural disaster, right? You know, you like happen that happens like live on TV. And it's it's like it's equal parts fascinating and equal parts just scares the shit out of you. Yeah, you know, and I saw already Mark Poland cars at a press conference and talked about how they've already inspected, you know, streets and bridges and everything, and nothing you know, got damaged. And I'm like, God damn, that was that loud and scary. And there was no real damage. I can't fathom how much worse it could be where things did get damaged. I just being there and feeling, and it's not even something you see visually. It's something you like physically feel mm-hmm. just how worse, if it would have been worse, how bad it actually would have been. You know, yeah. we live, I live in Buffalo. You're in Buffalo now too. You know, you grew up in, we both grew up in New York mm-hmm. and you see, we grew up seeing her stories about hurricanes and watching them on TV and stuff like that that would hit Miami mm-hmm. or you know or other areas and stuff. And you watch, you're like, damn, that looks terrible. It sucks. While being in Florida in 2017 when Hurricane Irma hit, I, it wasn't just yeah, this sucks. It was scary as shit. Mm-hmm. When it would be, it was dark as night out at 11:30 in the afternoon, the morning and on a Sunday where that shit came. Mm-hmm. Ended up being a little bit of a dud for where we live. Thank God that right. part. But point is, it was just really scary. And this was uh again not a big deal. Last of twenty seconds, and of course I already go on social media and it's like you know when is the stop with Buffalo? And then you yeah. rehash Tamar Hamlin and the mass murders and all this stuff. I'm like let's kind of relax on that a little bit. You know yeah. this was a twenty second thing, but still it was it was definitely scary. And uh, if you were able to sleep through this, and I do know some people I saw on my Facebook who didn't even hear it. Mm-hmm. Like man, you are a deep either. You got really hammered the night before and you crashed. <laughs> um, you're on some good uh, sleeping aids or, mm-hmm. man, you are just a deep sleeper because I cannot fathom, if you're in this area at least anyway, how somebody did not hear that and wake them up. Yeah. And, like, you know, having a, you know friends in California, you always hear about, like, the different kinds of quakes there are. Like, some of them are just, like, you know, big jolt ones or there's ones where it's, like, waves and, and it depends mm-hmm. on how deep it is, how hard, you know, all that stuff. This one was like an explosion one because this was just like a bang that came through, and you're just like, "What in the world was that?" Because it, because it, it sounded like something was like colliding with with yeah. something else outside, and you're just like, "What in the world's going on?" And boy, oh boy, it's humbling, is what it is, right? Because it puts you in your spot because because that you know, what's the worst we got to deal with here? Bad snowstorms, right? Bad snowstorms in the cold, like that's that's kind of what we that's kind of our thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, we get spared most of the other stuff, but 
can't get spared earthquakes, man. They can happen <laughs> literally anywhere. Yeah. And like, you don't know how it's going to be because no. it's all up to how the, how the plates want to move. It was certainly a, uh, a, a scary morning or a scary moment during the morning, I should say in uh, Buffalo. We'll, we're going to talk some Buffalo Sabres in a few minutes at the end. Kind of, I really don't have a title for this segment yet, but just like last week, I found some interesting questions from that salad recipe group uh, on Facebook, kind of just like personal life questions. And I always think whenever possible, it's a good idea to devote, you know, people are listening, hopefully listening or, or watching this, if not every week, almost every week. And uh, I just, I feel like it, it's fun to give people an opportunity to know a little bit more about you besides just what you think about the Sabres or hockey or football. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I always enjoy those. Um one thing that we do talk about on the show from time to time anyway, at least I know I do, is uh, Wings. And uh, I did this weekend. I don't even know if you've heard of this place yet because it's literally brand new. It's in West Seneca. Right. It just opened up. Um, I, actually, I think it just opened up in January. Uh, it's called The Ridge. I don't know if you've heard of it yet. I haven't, no. It's on Orchard Park Road um, in West Seneca. And obviously, I got excited about a chance to to go try some wings. It's, like I said, it's been over about a month or so. I finally got there. Uh, I went there with my wife on Saturday. You, I'll tell you what. I'm not, I have it on my sub stack. So if you want to go check out the whole review, go ahead. Um, I'll keep it shorter here on the podcast. But I do like to let people know and talk about new places. Um, the wings here were, they weren't, they weren't 9-11 wings. They weren't Elmo's and, or Barbell. But that's a tough level to reach. But out. exactly, that's my whole thing, and I, and this is a conversation that I had with my wife while we were eating. It's like, first of all, the, the wings were good. Now, let me put that out there right now. Okay. Um, you know, whenever I do these kind of reviews, and I do them for fun, but for whatever reason, I think more people care about my wing takes than they do my sports takes. In fact, I know that. <laughs> I know that because I put up a post, and there's like three times as many hits when I put up a wing review as opposed mm-hmm. to you know Pat thinks it's about the Sabers. But anyway, um. On the pros, so I always do pros and cons. And on the pro side, these wings were big, Joe. They were, they were fucking big wings. Okay. They were cooked really well, and they were crispy, the right kind of crispy. Mm. And I know you would know this. Yeah. Sometimes when you go somewhere and, and wings are crispy, they're, they're they're tender on the inside, and that's mm. the good crisp. And then sometimes you go somewhere, and I know you've sure you've had plenty of wings like this. They're mm-hmm. crispy and they're crunchy. Then you yeah. bite them, they're dry on the inside. You know, yeah. they're, they're not really crispy. They're just overcooked. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? These wings were not that. These were the good crisp. They were they were crispy, a good crisp. They were really big, um, reasonably priced. I think, well, reasonably priced by today's standards. Anyway, it was like four, 14 bucks for a single order, which is not it's not bad. It's not bad it by used to be, but you know. by today right by today's standards for being a new place, doing a nice place. By the way, the, the Ridge is a really nice place. Um, so they were good. The only thing about them that kept them from being great was we ordered them hot, and they were hot. But the sauce was just really unimaginative, safe. I think that's the word okay. I, we use. It was safe, man. It was basically your Frank's typical hot sauce. Frank's and butter, right? Frank's and butter. More Frank's and butter, obviously, when they're hot. At least that's what it tasted like to me. It was very unimaginative. Like I said, it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. It was not creative. You know, when you go to like 9-11 or, or Sunny Rides in Lackawanna, I don't think you've been there yet. But anyway, no. they're... Even their traditional sauce has a kick to it. It has a unique taste. Yep. And this place didn't, you know, it was just normal hot. Yeah. Which that's not, it's still a good wing. Like I said, well cooked, 
big wings, but just normal sauce. And I think that's the difference between the great places. Like you go to Bar Bill or 9-11 or Elmo's and the mm-hmm. sausage you get just, it don't taste like a combination of, uh, yeah. you know, Frank's and butter, but yeah, it's there's a good place. There's always that secret ingredient that sets it apart. That, I mean, that, that to me is the sign that you're, you want to be serious about your wings. If you're putting a lot of effort into your sauce or you just want something to kind of set you, set you apart from everybody, but just because right. it makes sense. I mean, every place here does it. It, you know, I mean, every place brags, we got the best wings in Western. Yeah, I know everybody does. I get it. But like, you, you, but there's different things you can do with, with, with the, like, just like the basic Buffalo sauce that sets it apart from everything. Yeah. And, you know, the, the one that always, the one always stands out for me is nine 11 because I bet anything they use actual garlic in that sauce i want to believe that that's what what they use because i could swear i could see little bits of garlic in the sauce and i'm just kind of like man this is amazing amazing stuff but like it's you can still do the buffalo flavor and have like other little bits to it like if you use like a cayenne or you know something else to give it like a little kick or a little different little different taste to it like it's a good way to to kind of set yourself aside from the crowd i get it it's risky because it might not hit people the same way Right. And sometimes, and sometimes that does happen, Joe, to your point, you know, people don't want to give you the basic plain old Franks and butter ratio and they do get creative and it get backfire too, because there are some places where the sauce is unique, but not unique in a good way, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And like, that's, that's unfortunate because that, that, that's, that's on the, uh, that's on the cooks on the cook for, for what their palate is. Cause you know, obviously, I mean, I would hope if you're making a new sauce, you're tasting it to know, to know what it tastes like. <laughs> but, um, but like, that's, I mean, that's, you know, if, if you, if you miss on it, then, you know, that, that kind of sucks. But I, but then I think of a place like Dalmatia hotel, which is different now. Mm. Oh, it is. It's, uh, it's not owned by the same people. Oh, my antenna um, just went up I think, when you said that. You I put th- me onto them. If you remember yeah. that a couple of years ago and God, they were in my top five. I fucking loved yeah, I haven't been back uh, since since things changed. They've tried to keep it the same way with you know all the flavors and and mm-hmm. all the sauces and everything. So I hope that's not different because they are really good. But then you know if you're if the way to differentiate it is is to have like a you know that many flavors, you better hit them all because if if you got some stinkers in there and somebody comes in specifically for that one and it stinks, you're gonna be like, all right, I don't want to go back to that place. But yeah. Uh, and you, you did. I remember that it was a couple of years ago. You mm-hmm. turned me on to Dalmatia hotel. I don't, I wasn't living back in Buffalo at the time. I was going to as many places as I could when I'd come back from Florida. Cause that's when I really started getting into reviewing places and power ranking everywhere. But anyway, I remember that I walked in. It was like, what do you, is that like, it's like Riverside, Park. Riverside, Black Rock kind of like, it's not really town of white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Riverside, like Black Rock. Yep. Um, really typical Buffalo dive bar. Not, like you know, neighborhood, not, night, not neighborhood the greatest neighborhood. I'm just, just put it that yeah. way. You walk in, you're like, eh. but dude, those wings were the bomb, man. I went there with my wife and my daughter and her boyfriend. I remember that. And my son, it was five of us. And we mm-hmm. tried five different kinds. We got 50 wings. And I was like, every, and I'm not exaggerating, man. Oh, I don't remember what they were anymore. <laughs> not off the top of my head. All of them were fucking good, man. Dalmatia Hotel is the bomb. I really hope when new ownership or, what you know, whatever's changed, I hope they're the same. Now that we're talking about this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely have to go there and. Uh... Sorry, I, I'm laughing because you said the five of you went, and then you got five different kinds, and I was like, 
you probably pissed off a lot of people that night because oh, I'm, I'm sure because it's a it's a single tiny kitchen. It's one guy cooking all the wings, and uh-huh. like, it goes in order. <laughs> and some like if you get caught behind a big order, then you're gonna be waiting for a while. The night that I went, a buddy of mine was in town visiting. Mm-hmm. The night that we went, there was some party that was in the back room, and it was like twelve or fifteen people, and they must have got like ten to twelve different, st- like ten yeah. wings of ten to different twelve, ten to twelve different sauces, and like our dinky order because we got like ten, ten of something each, and we had we were there for like two hours to wait because I mean sure it takes so take a while to cook anyways. But this giant party came in and ordered like a, like all these different ones, and we're just sitting there going like. Oh man. And like both of us like held off from eating because we're just like, we're going to house these things, you know, maybe, you know, grab something else to eat off the menu. No, <laughs> and we were just there waiting. And like the, you know, the, the we, we sat at the bar, the bartender is just like, I'm really sorry about this. And then it was like a new cook that night that done it. It was like the perfect confluence of yeah, of really. Slow. <laughs> we and went so there. Like my buddy was like, "Is it like this all the time?" I was like, "Dude, I hope not." <laughs> I went. We must have got lucky. I went. Well, I went there during the day with the family, and uh, there wasn't really anything going on except some guy played Freebird on the jukebox like three times over the no. course of a uh, of an hour. But yeah, I, I love Dalmatia Hotel. Circling back to this new place, the Ridge. So yeah, the the pros, the, the the wings were cooked great. They um they were plenty crispy, reasonably priced. We also got fingers. Those the the taste on those was good. Got fried. By the way, the fries, elite fries, really? at the Ridge. Okay. And beyond the food, what's really cool about this place too? So they have a restaurant, plenty of tables and booths, plenty of sitting room. Then they have a bar, which I wish was a little bit bigger. It's a little bit on the narrow side because this is a busy place. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a busy place. It's pretty big. It's kind of it should it almost feels like it should be downtown. It's like that kind of brewery. But anyway, wow. um, the bar could get really smushed and packed. But then on the other side of the building, they have a tap room, which is the brewery. And okay. this is the only place I know of in Buffalo. I know there's a couple in Florida that I've been to them, but in Buffalo, as far as I know, this is the only one where so you want to try some beers, then you know they got their craft beers up on a wall. Mm-hmm. You pay for up to 40 ounces, you pay prepay for 40 ounces, and they give you a card. And instead of telling the bartender you want this, this, and that, you take the card, you take your glass, you put it in front of the tap, and you swipe your card, and you pour over many ounces you want. So you get up to like 40. After 40, the pain in the ass part is after 40 ounces, you got to go back up and refill it. That's kind of their way of, A, making sure that somebody's not smashed. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's probably the biggest reason why they do that, which it it makes sense, but it also can be a pain in the ass because sometimes you might be buying them for a buddy too, so you can go up there a lot more. And they yeah. really, I heard that they're going to be brewing their own shit, which they haven't done yet. So okay. the selection was like, yeah, but it's a really big open area and cool. Look at me. I'm reviewing restaurants and wings. <laughs> I'm talking Buffalo. <laughs> hey, this is talking Buffalo, though, man. This ain't talking, just talking savers or talking bills. Yep. So anyway, um, and the only thing is, like I said, I didn't like the, I thought the sauce was a little bit bland. Now the fingers, the temperature was a little bit cold on the fingers too. I wouldn't mm. notice that, but uh, drink wise, price wise comparable to other places like if you go to resurgence or all the other breweries it's kind of the same but i did because i am that guy and you know this like when we did our show at casey's i try to find the cheap beer because i'm a big cheap guy and we came up with utica (laughs) club when joe and i went there uh (laughs) last time so they got a lot of pints and beers you know you got your ebc blueberries your sam adams all this stuff guinness Mm -hmm. you're paying like between seven six fifty to eight bucks for a pint which is kind of sort of standard for that kind of vibe but I did find Miller Lite, 22 ounce Miller Lights, 22 ounce, big boys, four bucks. 
That is cheap. Like the shit. tall boy cans or just the giant? Tall, no, the tall boy drafts. 2200 okay. Miller Lake drafts for four bucks, man. So okay. you can go sit in the back and fancy pants. Joe wants to have his some kind of, you know, red ale or whatever back there yeah. and pay eight bucks a beer. Go be my guest. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to get my $4, 22 ounce Bud Light or Miller Light, not Bud Light. And then I'll meet you in the back. <laughs> Good place. So all in all, it's, it's again, it's on Ridge Road, kind of like where the big lots and New all or the yeah. New Aldi's is nice place. Um, yeah, I, I recommend it for sure. Yeah, sacrificing uh, uh, flavor for volume. I, I, I listen. We all got days where we want to do that. It's I, <laughs> I, I, I respect it. I respect it as as a former college drinker, <laughs> sure. college drinker. I respect that, but <laughs> sometimes you just gotta you gotta get a little different flavor going. Yeah, one one last thing too, and this is not necessarily about this place. You kind of mentioned this earlier. I don't think you can understate. You know, it is annoying to hear and say all the time Buffalo has the best wings by far, but they really do. And yeah. I think of a place like the Ridge, and I'm like, all right, if, if I've done a hundred places, this place would probably rank around thirty, somewhere around that, like right around the cusp of being in the top third of all the wing places I've had. Good wings, not great, but good. You take this place. And you put it in Florida, I'd run you over with my car to be able to go there and get the wings. Because that's the difference between Buffalo and a lot of other states and regions of this country. The wings are just, the average wings in Buffalo, they were like, yeah, these are pretty good wings. You and I could sit there, we have a couple beers, we get these wings, we'll be like, these are good wings. Not going to rave about them. But in Florida, you'd be like, oh my God, you kill somebody to get these yeah. wings. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's how good they are here. I, I, I stopped. Uh, I had had some uh had some drinks and food with a buddy of mine in arizona after after the sabers coyotes game and we got we got order of wings and it was but at least it was like different flavor stuff and like you know he felt bad he's like he's like he's like i'm sure you get enough of these at home i was like dude whatever i was like something snack on's good and uh like they come they were fine like totally acceptable like you know i'm not trying to put it up against it but like you know we weren't getting buffalo like buffalo sauce we were getting the getting something at like a bourbon, you know, a bourbon barbecue sauce mm-hmm. or like a, you know, like a sweet chili lime sauce or like, you know, things like that where it's, it's more about the flavor and the sauce you're putting on it. But you know, you, it can't beat what you get here. It's just, this is the best city for it. It's, it, it, it's fine. It's not even close either. That's no. the whole thing. It's literally not even uh, <laughs> close earlier on Twitter. So again, I told you later in the show, I'll ask you a couple of questions. You kind of got an idea where I'm going with those. However, this, I don't think you, I know you don't have an idea that I'm going to ask you about this, but I went on Twitter because I was thinking about it and I asked people, I said, what is the first movie that you could ever remember seeing at a movie theater? Not the first Mm -hmm. movie you've ever seen. The first time where, well, you didn't grow up in Buffalo, but wherever town or whatever movie theater you could think of where you grew up what is the first movie that you've seen in a theater that you can remember now it may not end up being the first you might have seen something when you were younger you just don't really remember it but mm-hmm. like when's the first time i'm kind of putting you on the spot here mm-hmm. when's the first movie that you could actually remember seeing at the movie theater do you remember does a drive-in count um sure okay no because because my parents would take my sister and i to the drive because they would want to see movies and mm-hmm. you know, finding a babysitter was probably not that easy back in the day. Uh, right, I mean, we had babysitters or whatever, but um, but uh, but we went to the we went to the drive the drive-ins 
kind of not regularly, but enough. Uh, but the earliest one I remember, and this, I mean, you know, stuff at the drive-in doesn't always come out at the exact same time. It's always a little bit after, mm-hmm. after, after you know the normal release. Uh, but the first one I remember is ET. Ah. So, and like I'm talking, I was young, like maybe, maybe four maybe four maybe five mm-hmm. um but i remember i remember going to see et and and i my my parents would well my mom definitely would not let it. she's like she's like you cried so much and i was like i remember that i was like et had to leave it was sad and like even watching it now you watch it you're like oh man what was it? like it hits you and here I am, like four years old, like bawling because you know it's because it's it's sad. And like you're a kid, so you identify with Elliot and sure Elliot, the kid sister and and all that stuff. So it's uh, but that was one I remember. Also, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. That was that was another drive-in one uh, that we did because my parents yeah, they, who didn't like Star Wars back then. So, uh, but yeah, Return of the Jedi was one. But that's it's around ish the same time. I don't know which one would have been first, but yeah, it's it, actual it's, theater. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I could pick out an actual theater one, but, but yeah, it's funny. I, I was, I laughed when you said that. It's like, why in a second? But, um, <laughs> that was a very popular answer by the way, because you said your parents, it would be hard to get a babysitter, mm-hmm. you know, to, to take a kid to the movie. So when I threw these out there, I'm expecting a lot of family oriented movies. And there were a couple people that had like, Friday the 13th or how or Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, what fucking kind of parents did what? you have that were taking a, you could have been more than eight, nine, 10 years old and they're taking oh, you to go see a Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? But um, to your point, E.T. was a popular one. And I'll tell you what, I laugh because, well, me too. I can't remember. It's really? One of, it's one of these two movies. If you're watching here on YouTube, it's up on the screen. It's either E.T. or it's Rocky 3. Mm. And they, I looked it up today. They both came out within a month of each other in 1982. I think Rocky actually came out maybe two weeks before E.T. I can't remember which one I watched first, but I do know that I seen both of these in the movie theater. I seen E.T. at the Showplace Theater on Grand Street when it was nice. actually a movie theater before it became a music venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember where I saw Rocky Three, but I know my aunt Ann took me and I know it was it was probably like the Boulevard Mall, like one of the movie theaters around that area. I remember being in Amherst. But yeah, E.T. was such a, I like 200 replies I got it on this tweet so far on Monday. But uh, E.T. was probably, that in Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles, that seemed to be the two most popular answers. Uh, That's a good delineation of generations right there. It really is. T <laughs> was what, 1990, I think? Yeah. You could ninety one, yeah, somewhere in the early nineties, yeah. You could definitely tell the um age gaps with people. Like, I don't need to go on Twitter and say, "Yo, how old are you?" Yeah. I can say, "Yo, what's the first movie that you can remember seeing?" Now, older people were talking about, you know, like Saturday Night Fever and, yeah. and stuff like that. You, got you me, tell I, those people a little older. You got me thinking about this because I'm just trying to think specifically of theater like experiences and like. The driving ones stand out because you know you're in your pajamas, you're in the car. It's you know it's totally different. You know you go you know you know run around in the grass or something in between movies. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, but in the theater, uh, maybe it was maybe Back to the Future. That might be that. That's a I that's think a I seen that in the theater. 
maybe Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom. I don't know. It's uh, one of those. I definitely remember seeing Batman in 89 in the theater. Me too. And uh, I don't, uh, I mean, Indiana Jones, the last crusade came out that same summer. And I think we went to go see that too. Cause my dad loves it. So we might've, we might've went to go see that one too. I mean, that was 89, just ridiculous. That was such an insane summer for movies. Yeah. One, um, one yeah. more, one yeah. more for me too. Yeah. Batman came out in 89 with Michael Keaton. I, I definitely seen that you, well, again, this would have been, we're close enough in age. The Police close, Academy yeah, close series, enough. close enough. The Ooh. Police Academy, I remember at the Showplace again on Grand Street, I saw the first Police Academy at the Showplace Theater, and that came out in 1984. I was like 12 or, or, or something like that. It was, um, I, I do remember seeing you that. just unlocked a memory there. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep talking, keep talking, because I, I, I need to get them. But, but I sent Joe down a rabbit hole. But yeah, like I grown up on the <laughs> West Side, we used to be that used to be the thing. Once I got to be like eleven or twelve, um, started walking with a, with a group of people, never by myself. And plus, those were a different times. You know, it felt a little bit safer to walk. But the that's technically, I guess, in Black Rock, the Showplace Theater. But I would walk from the West Side to be about a good twenty minute walk. We'd stop at Santoros on Grand Street, get some meat. And then we would go walk down to the Showplace Theater all the time. Again, this was years before it became ultimately a, a music venue. Okay. So, yeah. So another movie I saw in 1989, Police Academy 6. Because me, <laughs> me, me and, a, me and my, one of my buddies uh, went to go see that. Like, you know, our parents dropped us off. We we're 10 years old, like going in to see this movie. And it was, yeah, I remember it just being such a piece of crap. And But like, we still <laughs> laughed because you know, by that point, you know, they took out all the... Uh, all the boobs and most of the swearing in those, in those movies. Like, I think the first one was the only one that was really kind of like, uh, in that sort of like Porky's range of, uh, comedy movies. Mm, Uh, I by the time I got the six city under siege, like that was such a dog shit movie, but like my buddy and I definitely went to go see it. And we, we left and we're like, that kind of stunk. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I, I liked the police academy, the early ones. Anyway, I forgot the guy's name. His first name was Michael, but the guy who beatbox, the guy who could make all the, the, Oh, Michael, Michael Winslow. Yeah. That that, he was really cool. I I was fascinated by, uh, the sounds he can make real quick here. And then we're going to take a break, come back on the other side and we'll talk a little sabers here. We're going to (laughs) skip. Sorry. Sorry. I no, said Joe down this rabbit hole. No, I don't blame you, you. I spent all day thinking about this. That's why I put out that tweet. I, was, I literally spent half my Monday looking at the responses and it would trigger some kind of memory for me. What were you no, thinking? See, no, no, because you should have you should have asked me this earlier. So I could have had this all lined up so we so we didn't drag this out. My same friend and I went to go see Star Trek V. Uh what the hell was that? Star Trek V uh Final Frontier. Also in 1989. So apparently I lived in the movie theaters in 1989. <laughs> Going to the movies used to be a lot of fun, man. It really did. Not that it's terrible now. It's just not something that I really, uh, that I do anymore. I think the only time I ever go to the movies now is pretty much when a, a new um, MCU movie will come out. I, I try to go see those mm-hmm. in the theater. Besides that, uh, nah, not not so much anymore. All right, so like I said, we're, we're going to skip Bill's talk today. There's not really much to talk about. Plus, plenty of Bill's content on this show pretty much throughout the entire week. Uh, you don't want to talk about Stefan Diggs checking out cheerleaders. Chicks? <laughs> no, I like Stefan. Let Stefan be, man. <laughs> Dude, but, that, um, I was cracking up, especially he responded to somebody on Twitter about it. And he's just like, yo, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, oh, who did he say that to? I can't I remember. It was it, it was a funny-ass tweet. I, I love Stefan Diggs, man. He's my kind of guy. I hope, he, I hope he stays in Buffalo for the rest of his career. 
We'll skip Bill's talk today, though. But I, I am going to ask you before we go to the break. Uh, obviously, there's a Super Bowl this week. Uh, two number one seeds: Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles. You know, without deep diving into the game, I want to know. Put it on the record here. Who you got? Who do you like? Uh, I, I feel like I got to answer this before I, you know, knowing Mahomes' condition. Really, like how good how good is that ankle going to be? Um, I don't. I, 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 I'm leaning Eagles pretty, pretty well. Cause I think they're, they've like the last few weeks of the season, they look kind of like, eh, is this, I don't know if these guys got it. Then, you know, they came out, whooped up on the giants, the, the, their first game. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. They're for real. Uh, you know, and then, you know, Niners, whatever that, that was, that ended up being a, an exaggerated practice for them. Sure. Um, I, I, I love, I love a lot of what the Eagles are doing. Just, you know, Hertz is playing well. Miles Sanders is running the ball pretty well. They're throwing the ball decently. The defense is, is playing pretty well too. Um, but I don't know, man, Kansas city, you don't want to bet against Mahomes is the thing. Like, and, and like, that's, that's the thing that's, that's preventing me from, from really going, like going whole hog Eagles. But like, I, it's a slight edge to Philly for me. But I don't know, man. Mahomes, Mahomes can do can do magic stuff out there. So if he if he has a game, that's that's a really interesting matchup. But I'm I'm leaning Philly in this one. I'm leaning Kansas City in, in this one. I just for Mahomes to win if he wins the Super Bowl this year without Tyreek Hill. I mean, let's just I don't I think you already could put to bed to talk about who's the best quarterback. I guess Patrick Mahomes. Um He's he's just amazing, and Travis Kelsey's just been incredible too this mm-hmm. season. I mean, it's just uh, and I'll tell you, I I think now I think the Philadelphia defense is better. I'm not going to say that otherwise. The Philadelphia mm-hmm. defense is definitely better, but don't sleep on the 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 Chiefs front four. To, their mm-hmm. ability to be able to get after quarterback man. When we saw Chris Jones just own the Bengals last week, mm-hmm. and I could see a scenario where that happens again. Now both these teams, especially Philly, man, they their interior, their offensive line. Is great. It's something the Bills need to strive for. Um, it could go either way. I like number one playing number one too. I mean, yeah. I, I obviously I'd rather the Bills would be playing, but this is a a fun matchup. It's gonna be a good game. By the way, it's the first time in NFL history two black quarterbacks mm-hmm. are starting in the Super Bowl. I think that's absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, I I like I. It's almost taboo. You know, I don't care if it's taboo to say because we're in Buffalo. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love watching him play football. I think he's good. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And winning this second Super Bowl already was well, so five years. He's been in three Super Bowls, and this would be his second win if they were to mm-hmm. win. It's on his way, man, to being potentially, you know, Tom Brady's the best of all time right now, but this mm-hmm. might be a conversation seven, eight years from now that gets revisited. And, you know, winning a Super Bowl for Mahomes this week kind of lays the groundwork for that. Yeah, I, I usually end up finding myself rooting for Mahomes to do well. Uh, cause you know, I, it's not like he, he has like a story of hardship growing up or anything. You know, I mean, his dad was a professional athlete, you know, mm-hmm. watch his dad pitch constantly in the, in the majors. Um, but it's just such a cool story, you know, and he, he's, ba- he's basically the guy responsible for Cliff Kingsbury getting an NFL head coaching job. And it's like, it's like, wow, how does, how did that guy get a job? And it's like, well, he had the best, <laughs> the best quarterback in the last 15 years show up, at, show up at his front step and, and play awesome in that offense. But um, but he's just, he's so fun to watch and it's just the, you know, the, a lot of the, the innovative ways that he just finds ways to get plays made. 
uh, his elusiveness. Like, dude, very rarely takes a big hit. Um, and he just finds ways to get get loose. Like, he'll run it. Maybe he's not going to run it so much uh, now, but didn't really stop him against Cincy. He still took off a couple of times, but um, obviously the biggest play of the game, biggest play of the game was was him taking off running. But um, but man, he's he's so fun to watch. So is Jalen Hurts. Like this, it's a big stage for Hurts because I don't know how many people were really watching Philly a whole lot this season. I I saw him week one and I was just like. I was like, ah, this dude was kind of crap last year. Let's see what goes. And then he's running everywhere in Detroit. I'm like, oh, well, it's his coming out party. Great. <laughs> yeah. He's he's going to be a beast this season. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm excited about the matchup, though. The the game is going to be a lot of fun to watch, I hope. If it ends up turning into a romp one way or the other, that's that's a, that's a huge disappointment. But, um, but man, Mahomes, Mahomes is just, it, it's, it, it, it's like, it's it's a little Brady-ish. It's a little Montana-like. It's you know all the guys that that in a big spot. Well, you know if they're down and if you need a rally, if he's got the ball. Chances are pretty good he's going to come sure. through. You know, like that's that's the part with him that that always sticks out with me is that you know you you put him in a difficult spot. He's he'll make he'll find a way to make it work, and that's that to me is it makes him really exciting. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Jalen Hurts right now feels like a really good story this year. He's emerged, mm-hmm. but if he goes and wins this game, I think he catapults himself right up there with, uh, you know, at least in the same category as a Mahomes and a Burrow and a, a Josh Allen. It'll be fun. Um, all right, let's take a real quick break and then come back on the other side, talk a little Buffalo Sabres. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sports fans who like to wager, which is pretty much everyone these days, I'm here to tell you about OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds, Live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting the underdogs or profiting the most if you're going to go with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books to get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, the OddsTrader app gives you the player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, 
which could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a bet tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're into betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden. So let's um, all right, let's turn our attention to Sabres here. So the All-Star break was uh, this weekend, and now the Sabres are on a bye this week. They return to action Saturday afternoon against Calgary. Looking at the numbers here. All right, 50 games they played, 26-20-4, 56 points. One back, as we taped this on Monday, one back of Pittsburgh, four of Washington in the wild card. Uh, they got three games in hand over Washington, Pittsburgh, as a game in hand over Buffalo, but um, they'll be playing tonight, Tuesday, as people are watching this Tuesday night. They're at home against Colorado. Um, I don't know. Let's start here, I guess. Uh, your thoughts on, at this point of the season, in the February, compared to maybe what we were talking about and thinking about, you know, maybe in early October when the season was starting, uh, mm-hmm. just the Sabres being legitimately in a playoff race. And again, we're into February and a little over 30 games, what, 32 games left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 32 left, uh, less than a month now until the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So business is about to pick up. I mean, the Islanders just made a big splash. The Islanders are a team that's right there in the chase for the playoffs with them. They added Bo Horvat from Vancouver. That's yep. a it's a real nice pickup. I I don't like a lot of what the Islanders have going for them because it's their offense struggles regardless because uh, they play a, a Stone Age system of hockey and – they rely almost too heavily on their goalie to win games, which might sound a little familiar to Buffalo fans. I think maybe that's it's very possible, but um, but uh, but it's uh, I mean, with the Sabers though, I it's it's a fascinating development because we talked when we talked in October about this team, we were just like, this is going to be a building year. Like, let's right, you know, they're going to take ste- uh, you know they're going to take steps forward because if they don't, then everything's in deep trouble. Uh, well, that's not the case. They've taken some some real big steps. And I feel pretty confident about saying that. I don't think the final thirty games of the season are gonna are gonna turn ugly. You know, uh, it might come back to bite me at some point, but I think I this team's progress on the way up is is really strong and it's really good. They're mentally tough, They're tougher than I think maybe than I would have I would have thought given how young they are. Um, do you see a difference, Joe? You, so you've been covering this team all year. You've been in the locker room all year from, you know, the first practice of camp through where we're at in February. Do you notice a difference maybe in terms of confidence? We'll use the word swag, whatever you want to use. Do you just, do you sense it as a different vibe in the locker room players that you talked to in October, maybe compared to what you're hearing from them now? Does just the whole overall vibe of the locker room seem different now? It's, uh, well, I mean, winning changes a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, to begin with, uh, I think with them being so young, they were going to be kind of light anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you see the way these guys get along in the room and they're, you know, constantly, you know, joking around and, and having fun. And it's not like, you know, any mean spirited kind of jokes where, you know, that was, you know, you'd see some of that stuff beforehand, but, um, a lot of them are in the Bahamas now, right? Uh, it, well, a whole bunch of them went to the Bahamas for, yeah. for vacation. <laughs> I, some of them went together. 
and brought like brought the girlfriends with them and and whatever. I mean, they check Instagram for any of these guys. You're gonna you'll find you'll find them hanging on the golf course or, or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, and some guys ended up there just by coincidence. Like Alex Tuck wasn't going with those guys with like Bryson and Darlene and Krebs and those guys, but just happened to be there anyways. And he's kind of okay. You know, he wanted to let the kids have some fun, and then he ends up in the same place as the kids. That's Not funny. that Alex Tuck's old, but you know. <laughs> 26 and 26 year old and 20 year old. That's it's a little bit of a different speed. Sure. At that point. But, um, but I mean, they, you know, these guys just get along great and they're, just, it, it's, it's really encouraging to see that going on. And it's you know, obviously the winds help. I mean, that's, that's a big part of it, but um, I, I think there's, you mentioned swag and I, I think there's a little bit of that, especially with how, you know, Thompson's able to score goals and, um, you know, some of the stuff that you see Olofsson, you know, he's able to do to score and, uh, you know, even Quinn's, some of Quinn's goals, like there's a lot of swag. There's a lot of skill, uh, but there's, it's confidence. I think it's confidence. That's the bigger deal for this team because they have it. Uh, they have confidence in their abilities. They have confidence in each other. Uh, and then, you know, if they get down in games, they've had enough experiences that they can come back in those games to, to be able to do it. So, uh, a lot of that lining up right now, it's, it's like a perfect storm for a young group like this to be able to, to get into a race like this and, and, and see where things go. The one thing about them, and, you know, maybe it's just from how, you know, how the room is after a loss. Cause you know, I've seen enough of that over the, over the past, but, um, you know, after a loss, it feels like it's, you know, crushing, like it's, you know, end of the world, but next day. It's it's mostly gone unless you know some of us dingbats start asking questions about like how sad it made him to lose the night before. But um, but it's it, but it's something where uh, like they're able to put these things behind them. Like nothing really weighs on them on a day to day aspect. Even guys that go through that have been going through it, like you know Middlestad or Olson, like they're going through it. And you can tell that they are, but it's it's not something that's completely tearing their game apart. You know, it's something that they're like, I know I can get out of this and I will. And they have. And that's, that to me says a lot about how uh, the coaching staff is able to keep everybody on, on the ball and on the point and loose. Let me run off a couple saber of all-star break stats right now. Tage Thompson, fifth in the league in uh, points with 68. He's tied for third in goals. With 34 behind only uh who's he behind Connor McDavid and uh and um who's the other guy from from Boston I, I I'm trying to find uh, David Pasternak David Pasternak yeah so he's third in the NHL in goals right now or tied I should say at this point Darlene second among all defensemen in points with 55 and goals 14 both second only uh Carlson of San Jose and by the way he's also a plus 19 and he's averaging 26 minutes per night on the ice man what a mm-hmm. workhorse. Yep. Alex Tuck, 24 goals, 55 points in 50 games. And by the way, I couldn't help myself. I had to go look it up. Jack Eichel, conversely, 34 points so far in 38 games, and he's got 15 goals. Still Alex pretty good. Tuck, pretty good. Alex Tuck is actually outproducing him right now a little bit. I'm not sure that's going to last. Just saying. Um, Jeff Skinner, 20 goals and 50 points. This is his second straight year of at least 20 goals after scoring 21 combined. In 112 games, the Ralph Kruger era, mm-hmm. which, you know, the 2019 to the 2021 mm-hmm. uh, seasons. Those guys, let's just stick to those four or five guys right now. Are there any of those numbers kind of like really surprise you? Um, 
I, I think if I think if I didn't know that the three forwards played on the line together, I think that would that would surprise me a little bit. But knowing that they, you know, that they're one of the top lines in the NHL, like mm-hmm. that, those numbers make sense. But the fact that they all have twenty or more, and you know, Tage has got thirty four, is wild. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that. There's there's like what four, maybe five other teams that have a bunch of guys with twenty or more goals, or you know, fifty or more points, and like it's you know, it's Toronto or it's uh. Toronto, I think Winnipeg's another one. I, I I forget the list, but um, but if you're in that company, that's pretty good company to be in. You know, well, like they, they, yeah. these are teams that are going to be playoff teams. These are teams that that are threats to you know to be in that Stanley Cup race. Now, you know, Buffalo's not at that level yet, and that's the hope that they'll be at that level within you know maybe a year or two. Uh, but the fact that you've got guys in that position and they're not a one-line team. I think that, for me, is is the big thing because we've seen that before in the past. I mean, let's think of, let's think of some of the past. You know, uh, Eichel, Reinhardt, Pominville. Like that was a, like that was or, or sorry, Skinner, Pominville, Eichel. Excuse me. Yeah. Like that was that was a big one, and then it was Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt, which became a thing for like for the rest of that season. And those guys were tremendous together. You know, you know, uh, Skinner scores forty. Eichel has you know monster season. Reinhardt has a great season. Like we've been down that road before with a great line, but like there was there was nobody else producing. You know, the fourth line was still solid, but like they didn't score goals. And second and third right. lines were not great. Uh, in this case, like you've got the kid group with Quinn Paterka and uh, Cousins. I know they go through it sometimes. It's hot and cold. It's going to happen with a couple of rookies, but Cousins has been awesome. He's he's on a pace for like thirty goals, sixty five. Yeah, he's got seventeen right now. Yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, he's having a great year. He's going to get a nice contract soon, ish. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. What? Yeah. You have, what have you heard, man? Um, you know, Chad <laughs> D. Dimitris dropped something on Twitter a couple of days yeah. ago. Said he heard that they're getting close to a deal. Are you hearing similar stuff? Yeah, that, like yeah. something could happen soon. I, I, whoever Chad's source is, I trust them <laughs> with with that kind of information because I think they want to get it done. Uh, obviously I think they want to get it done before he cracks 30 goals and 70 points maybe. Um, because when you think about it, like last year, what Tage had, what, 38 goals, 70, 70, whatever points, forget what it was, uh, 79, 69. I forget either way. It's kind of similar to what cousins is doing this year, just productivity wise. I mean, it's not as many goals. Like he's not going to score 40, you know, close to 40. Right. But if he pops 30 and has, you know, 35, 40 assists, how much is that worth to me? That's mm-hmm. like, well, Tage Thompson's getting paid 7 million a year. So how about it? Like if you, if you want to meet him at that, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the Sabres would sign that uh, like uh, tomorrow. I like uh, them being proactive and trying to get some of these yeah. guys locked up. Like they did Samuelson uh, right. earlier right. this year. It's and like it helps you figure out what your cap's going to be in a couple of years because you got a big fat deal with Darlene coming. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's that's going to be that's going to be the big one. And then power, you know, power's going to have to get his second contract in another year. I think it is. I think it would be like next summer they could start negotiating it. I think. I think. I may. I may. I may be wrong about that, but it's it's coming up and. Chances are the team's going to want to lock him up too. I would imagine. I don't. I can't picture wanting to go bridge deal with him and then possibly having him pull a dolly in and then suddenly he's getting paid the same kind of money. But, right. But like these are the things you got to you got to get taken care of. 
right now. Like you know who they know who their core is. They know who sure. their main guys are. And sure. like and fortunately enough for them, their contracts are coming up relatively soon, so they, yeah. they can get that taken care of. But um, but yeah, it's yeah. I mean, she's it's uh, I'm losing losing my losing my train of thought here, Pat. It's 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 just I'm it's, just throwing so many names because it's, <laughs> it's just like. I didn't anticipate if we would have had this conversation months ago that I would be throwing so many names at you that are doing positive things. And I didn't even mention guys like Victor Olofs has got 23 goals already this year. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. No. Middlestad has not been spectacular, but we talked about him on the show last week. He's already got a career high 28 points. Um, Looking up, Quinn's got eight goals and 20 points. Paterka, seven and 19. Krebs, six and 13. Owen Power, didn't score forever, and then he has pops in goals in three straight games. He's averaging 23.38 minutes of ice time per night, which is less than three minutes less than uh than Darlene. So he's another workhorse out there. Mm-hmm. Just a lot to be excited about with this team. What It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. You mentioned the trade deadline coming up in about a mm-hmm. month, and it's like they just – they need to be within striking distance, and then you clearly see them being a buyer. Now, when we say trade deadline buyer, that don't, doesn't mean that they're going to be picking up, you know, a guy a, a thirty or forty goal scorer, but right. a couple of reinforcements. You definitely think. I think you mentioned this last week too. Hmm. Defense is something that you could definitely see them addressing here. Yeah, I, I think, and it's not going to be a it's not going to be a dazzling name or anything like that. But a guy who's right. a really good penalty killer, I think that's that's an area I think they're going to want to take a look at because the penalty kill has been a little bit tough, you know, and you need somebody mm-hmm. who's, uh, and I know, you know, Elia Lubushkin has some, has some, doesn't have a lot of favor with, with the fans. Cause he takes kind of, he's pretty good for, for one bad penalty to take per game, which, you know, you don't like to see that, but, um, but somebody out of that sort of defensive realm where if, if you can put them out on the PK and they can help, save save a lot of problems out there i think that's the kind of guy you address they've got i mean they've got more than enough you know assets to use if they want to make a trade like they can make a big splash trade if they want to they got the prospects they got the picks they got all that stuff and that's not how kevin adams really operates like he takes care of what needs to be done you know uh, lance and i got talking about this on the latest episode of maintenance day Cheap plug, um, but, we, <laughs> but we we got talking about this and like looking through Kevin Adams' draft history, like he just took care of business. You know, like if there's guys that needed to be moved out, he took care of that. Like he moved them out. Like you know, some of those deals didn't end up turning out all that great. Uh, you know, trading Brandon Montour for a third round pick. Whoops. You know, Montour is a top five scorer on defense now with the Florida. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ralph. Um, but it's you know, but but other times like it's it, they're. Trades that just make sense. And I, I think that's kind of where Adams is dealing dealing from here because he doesn't have to make like there's not a big blow up trade that you have to make here. Would it be great to have Timo Meyer with this group? Hell yes. Timo Meyer is incredible. But are you gonna give up some big, you know, prospect guys or maybe certain guys that are on the roster right now that that you really like to get yeah. them and then pay them nine million a year? I don't think I don't think that's the move they're gonna make. But you know, if if there's, but if there's, you know, if somebody's trying to hand something away, they've got, you know, if there's, if there's, or if there's a defenseman that's worth grabbing, they've got three, three second round picks coming up this year. One of those has got to go for somebody. You just, and it won't be, ideally, it won't be an overpay kind of thing for, you know, like a number eight type, you know, seven, eight defenseman and you're mm-hmm. dropping a second round pick to get them. Like it, 
it's going to be very specific needs because they, I think, and I've said this before, I think Adams knows he, he deserves to reward these guys to, to make a run at it. Uh, but it's really tough because you've got so many guys in the lineup where they're young and they're proving themselves. And this is the exact situation you want them to be in. So they get a taste of it and see how they can perform and then learn from it. You know, I, I would say the best compliment I can pay to Sabres right now, and I'm going to preface this by saying the game did not go well at all last week. But last, I typically, I work a second job. I work a couple nights a week and I miss a lot of Sabres games because of that. Sometimes I'll catch highlights on the internet afterwards. Once in a while, I do DVR the game. Sometimes I'll, or I'll watch the replay on MSG when I'm in my home office, catching up with stuff, whatever. Well, I watch it most of the time, but I always get to watch it live. And I usually don't give a shit. That was the point I'm trying to make. Last Wednesday, the Sabres were playing Carolina, the last game before the break, and I had to work. And I was legitimately, genuinely upset and annoyed that I had to work and miss the Sabres game. And I can't remember the last time that, like, had I had my choice, mm-hmm. I would have not worked so I could have watched the game live in that time. And again, the game did not go well at all. But my point is, I, interest in the Sabres is getting to a point now, and I can only speak for myself on this, where I say, I, you know, I would have missed a night of work to be able to watch that game. Mm-hmm. It, it's fun to see the, uh, the fans getting back into it. Yeah. It's not necessarily leading too much into attendance soaring at this point. I think that'll come over time. You know, you got to win. You got to win more. But interest in this team is is night and day than it was from maybe 18 months ago. And even four or five months ago, you could just, you could feel the confidence in fans starting to grow in this team, starting to believe in them. Yeah. And the the thing with with Sabres fans is that you can't sell hope to them anymore. They've, They've been sold hope for the last... 10 years sure you know, like, like that, that i think that's that's a yeah and listen i know bills fans and sabers fans started screaming at each other i know everybody's like well they're the fans of the same team no 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 no, buddy the diehards are much different about how 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 they handle their teams diehard mm-hmm. sabers fans yeah you might like the bills but they're not they're not dyed in the wool mafia folks they like the sabers but they're not hanging around with them when they're losing like the diehard yeah. sabers fans have been there through the tanks, through all the losses, yeah, they watched. They watched this team just, you know, take a dog, take a big dump on the ice. Like it's they, for years. Yeah. So they're they're hardened, and if you try to sell hope to them, it it gets meet it gets met with with just the turn. You know, you turn your back on that. You're just like whatever, man. Like we had hope with Eichel, we had hope with Reinhardt, we had hope with those guys. Like you you told us before, like it's it's all changing, it's all coming. Then it didn't come. And then it got worse, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it, like things somehow got worse. Uh, but right now you're seeing the results prove themselves out to this point. Uh, you know, the, the team's fun to watch. They score goals, they win games. Um, and you can see a future with them, which is, you know, it, you know, with the previous group of guys, you can see it on some nights and some stretches, you know, if they get you know, rattle off like, you know, eight, nine, 10 in a row, you're like, Whoa, okay. Here's the, here they are. They've arrived. You didn't. You don't have that with this group necessarily. You have consistency. You have consistent wins, and now it's like, okay, now we're really building something. And now there's you look down the road. There's a bunch of hot prospects coming. Uh, the the young guys you got in the lineup are already killing it. So you're like, okay, here we go. 
but uh but you know it's it's the proofs in the pudding you know i, I i'm using so many cliches here i'm, I'm bo- you know making making myself <laughs> um but the, but the, this is the thing they've been waiting on you know the fans have been waiting on this and you know to get the fans back in the seats just keep doing this like that's yeah. that's what's got to take care of business you know it's that's the whole part of the of of getting the attendance back up and, and everything because those first few years of the tank 13 14 14 15 fans were still turning out pretty heavily because everybody's like we've been here like we got you know we got to keep our season tickets because once you know once we get these guys up here playoffs we got to get our playoff tickets so that was that was all the design right it didn't happen so then people are like well those guys are out of here fuck this i ain't buying tickets i <laughs> Yeah, come back, come back and call me when you're winning games, and you know, they are. But you got to keep doing it. That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we end with our, I got five random questions for you about a couple of things. I did want to ask you. So you know, you've been coming the Sabers full time this season, hockey mm-hmm. full time writing, and they're on a break right now. There, it ends up being a ten day break before they have a game, which again resumes on Saturday. Is it cool for you to kind of? Take a step back and, and relax. Maybe maybe catch up on a little rest. I know you well enough to know that you're not really catching up on much rest. But anyway, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just kind of recharge your batteries a little bit, chill out a little bit. Or do you kind of get when you when a team doesn't play for you know ten days after they're playing every other day, or or they're, or they're at practice and you got things to you know to cover and discuss and write about? You get a little bit bored when you have a ten day break like this. You do a little bit. Um... The break is good. I mean, you need you need some space, and you know, it coincide. Unfortunately, it coincides with the same time that Rochester is going on their All Star break. So, right, my thought was like, oh, maybe I'll catch finally get to go to Rochester and see the see them play. And it's nope, they're they're also they're also not playing. Um, but it's but it's a good chance to just kind of breathe for a bit because like, I step away from it, and then I'm like, I don't realize how much stuff I'm writing often enough, and I always think I'm not writing enough. I yeah. certainly don't think I'm writing enough for for my own website, but that's gonna change. Don't worry about that. But um, but certainly with everything that I'm doing, I've been doing for Bleach Report, and you know I've done a ton of AP games this you know this past month while uh, while John Morrow's been handling the uh, the Bills beat. So uh, it, it this past month was a lot. <laughs> so and you know the schedule was you know and like not covering road games helps out, but you're still watching them. You're still staying up. So watch the games and listen to the press conferences, all that stuff. But 15 games in 28 days is it's a lot, man. Sure. But um, but we get to get back into that that level of constant gameplay starting what like the right after they get back from California, it's gonna be that's it, like three of the next four weeks they'll have four games in a week. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's you know a lot of them are back to back games. Sometimes it's a home road back to back. You know, there's. There's, you know, they're playing the Leafs twice in that span. They're playing the Capitals twice in that span. Like, there's a lot of big games sure. yeah, on yeah, their yeah. schedule coming up. Like, you go through like the the final 32 games, man. Like, there's a lot of games where you're like, this is a big one. They're gonna need sure. this. Like, yeah. you got to get at least a point out of this one. It's, you know? uh, so it's um, it's it's a good chance to to kind of recharge, but like. You got to get your got to get your mind in order for what might be a really interesting race to the end of the year because man oh man if if this stays on this this level it's gonna be it's gonna be tight it's gonna be real close it's um it's gonna be a lot of fun I'll tell you that I'm very oh, much man. for the first time in a handful of years I'm really looking forward to the stretch run of a Saber season it's 
every year I get a little bit optimistic before the season starts and then, well, things happen with the Sabres. But this year is kind of fun to look forward to the back end of the schedule and have some meaningful games going late into the season. Funny, you mentioned John Worrell. I got some news to report here. John Worrell, former mortal enemy of mine, sworn enemy forever. We have actually mended fences, man. We're cool with each other now. Wow. I follow him on Twitter. He follows me on Twitter. And I thought of something funny. In fact, this is how I know John and I are, are pretty good right now because I used to, during the, the, the peak of our fighting on social media, was quite frankly, I used to think it was fun and I miss that a little bit. But anyway, I would intentionally troll John who, you know, he's an adamant music guy and he likes some weird eclectic shit that I don't even know who these <laughs> artists are. Props <laughs> to him, though. That's not an insult to him. That's just right. him. You know, he's got a very diverse uh, mm -hmm. musical yes, mind does. and I do not. But anyway, I would troll his ass on purpose um, with Toto. I love fucking Toto. John hates him. And I would always troll him and talk shit to get him going. But anyway... Um, I, I saw it was like an 80s retro Twitter account. Mm -hmm. Africa was the number one song. I don't remember how many years ago it was on this date, but as we're taping this, Africa was number one on Billboard by Toto. And I tweeted that. I said, oh, John, we're all rejoices. And he didn't even say anything bad back to me. He actually liked the tweets. I was like, damn, I guess John and I really are pretty much on, 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 good, <laughs> on good terms right now. So, hey, man, you never know. Hell does freeze over, folks. So See, just, uh, I... I think that just means you have to pick another weird song from the 80s to really to push his buttons. My it's suggestion, putting on the Ritz by Taco. <laughs> I don't like that's that. like your next favorite great song. And then see, see, I mean, see I can lie to him. I can troll him with it, but I don't like that song. I <laughs> no, will dig my feet in the annoying. sand, though, and I'll battle that Africa's by Toto is an amazing song. And that Toto is just a really good group. But anyway, all right, let's get to um, – I did this last week. We're going to do it again. So I plucked some questions from a, a Facebook group called um, Salad Recipe, which it does have stuff to do with salad, but these questions, they got nothing to do with salad. These are Word just kind of random personal questions that uh, I kind of want to get your uh, your answers to, and I'm sure some fans listening will be or watching will be interested to know. Let's go. Um, five of them. Number one, best singing voice of all time. We've done a we've done numerous top top five drafts on like rock singers and singer singers and, sure, and all right. that, right? Man, um, well, all time's a whole different beast because we usually we do it like by eighties or nineties or something like that. Yeah, all time, man. <sighs> You're making me miss our drafts, by the way. When you yeah, <laughs> they're pain in the ass though. This is easy. <laughs> best voice of all time, man. Um. I'm pulling this one out because because uh, during the Grammys they had a lot of Motown like well Smokey Robinson you know came out on stage and everything and I was like well that's cool as hell everybody loves Smokey but it got me thinking of Sam Cooke Motown days Love and Sam, Sam Cooke's voice man just is out of this world and like that's been stuck with me it might not be I mean there's no right answer there's absolutely no right answer but Sam Cooke's uh, for me. That's that's as good as it gets. I mean, him and like Sinatra is really great, and you know Nat King Cole. Like you get way back into the days mm -hmm. uh, with some, you know, with some of those voices and stuff, man. Like even like even Mariah Carey, like just from skill and ability, like her incredible voice. Um, but man, Sam Cooke is just like that's soul, and that's that's a lot of heart in in those songs. Like that's that's a lot of ballad songs too. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being a schmooze now these days. I don't know. 
I had him ranked really high. Uh, Aaron Quinn and I did a top 10 power rankings of vocalists, and, and I had him ranked um, really high. Funny you mentioned Smokey Robinson. By the way, I don't I don't confer with what your answers are before mm -hmm. I hear them. I'm fans and people watching and listening are hearing them. I'm hearing them the same time they are. I don't know what your answers are. Um, you said Smokey Robinson. I, I'm a sucker for any type of question like this because it pretty much always leads back to Smokey Robinson. I just the uniqueness and soulfulness in his voice to me was always unrivaled. And uh, Donnie Hathaway's another guy too, Sam Cooke. Um, and I love Ann Hart from, from Hart, man, or Ann Wilson, I'm sorry, okay. from Hart, just because of, God, the, the power in her voice is just yeah. absolutely uh, impeccable. But yeah, there's no wrong answer. These are all subjective, obviously. Yeah. So there's no real wrong Lisa answer. Franklin, like that's and, and any, like, yeah. Whitney, and we can go on. Yeah, Whitney. Geez, we, yeah. Go on, we can go on forever with those. <laughs> all right, let's move on here. A restaurant that everyone seems to love, but you think is actually not that good. Hmm. This is one where it's uh, it feel it, like you could pick a chain and you'd be right, but also then people would be like, nobody thinks it's actually good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like that's that's one where uh i agree get lost, but i don't want to there's like not it's not like a local place that i i feel that way about there is for um, me but go ahead like, <laughs> um i really yeah, this this one i really struggle with um and i think yeah you know what you know it's maybe this is just more of an overrated thing because it it still tastes good, but I think it's just totally overblown. I don't know if that's the same. I don't know if that's the same. It's close enough. I know where you're going. That. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's Chick Fil A. Like I like the stuff. Like the chickens, chickens pretty good. You can't go wrong with a chicken sandwich. Any of that stuff. Like nuggets are great, but I don't know, man. Like if if, I, if I'm getting fried chicken, give me some more spice with it. You know, like <laughs> I, I shouldn't have to order a spicy version of what you're making to get some extra flavor out of it. So to, to me, that's, that's a big one. And like, listen, I'm a, I'm a huge Popeye's uh, Bojangles Mark as it is. So like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of biased in that respect, but, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I see people go nuts for it online. I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I, not me. that's not a bad answer. I'll tell you this. Um, and yeah, overrated and you know, things that everyone seems to love, but you don't think is that good. That's kind of what overrated is, at least to me anyway, Chick-fil-A is good, but I'm not going to, like there's a new one that just opened up on McKinley, um, mm -hmm. there in the McKinley Mall, and I drove past it the other day. The line's like around the corner. I'm like, I don't like Chick Fil A that much to to go there. But anyway, I, I might upset a couple people with my answer here. But I'm, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Trendy media people in Buffalo, and I guess mm -hmm. trendy people, hipsters and cool people in general. I don't think Gabriel's Gate is all that good, and mm -hmm. I know this is a place that everybody, including you, loves. I don't think it's that good. I think their wings are good. I don't think they're great. I personally, and again, wings and food is subjective. You know this. I know this. Yep. I don't like when people talk about when somebody says, hey, what's a great place to go to for wings? To me, you better be saying Barbell and you better be saying 9-11 and almost. I don't need to be here in Gabriel's Gate. I don't think their wings are all that good, man. It's a decent place. It's a nice place. Mm -hmm. I'm special to it. It's one of many nice places kind of like around that area. And again, I know I'm going to piss some people off and they ain't going to like it, but just keeping it real with you, man. I don't think Gabriel Gate is that good. I know everyone else loves it. Not so much me. Since uh, since the pandemic uh, didn't end, whatever, like since we got unleashed from our from our homes <laughs> afterwards, something about 
the way they make the wings is different. And I can't put my fig- finger on it. I just can't do, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't seem as good as, I don't know if they just don't cook them as much or what the deal is, but it's not the same. And it's, right. and maybe this is just because I've been there a thousand times and I do like it. I do like it. I see where you're coming from. I know I, I, I totally can see where you're coming from, but there's something different about it. Like the sandwiches are still great. Uh, it's nice, you know, nice stop to get beers. Like you want wings, great, you know, cool and get them there. But you know, if I'm just going straight wings, though, there's a few other places I'm probably going to jump to before that. And that, and maybe that's just from from going there so many times already. But yeah. yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're on the phone, you call me and said, "Hey, I'm at Gabe's Gate. Let's grab a beer and have you know, a bite." I'm not gonna say no. I hate Gabe's Gate. It sucks. Just saying, everybody loves the place. I just, I don't think yeah. it's that good. All right, anyway, let's uh, move around before I get in more, even more trouble here. <laughs> what, what is the most annoying thing about grocery shopping? Oh, uh, can we do a power list of 5,000 for this? <laughs> good God almighty. Nope, just um, land on one. There's so many, there's so many things there, I, like, I, I mean, and let's listen, I'm a single guy that goes to a grocery store. I, I can get in and out of there in 10, 15 minutes tops. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not buying for a family. I'm not buying, you know, it's easy, should be easy. Not usually easy though, because other people are hell and that's, and I can't just like put the you know big umbrella, other people make it better. Like, no, that's not, the, that's not what it is. But the thing that drives me nuts is that people think they're the only person shopping in the store at a time. And like, whether it go, you know, just like zipping through, you know, like you're going through the produce section and they're just like, you know, blasting by and you're kind of like, okay, cool. I'm not here. Or coming down the aisle, like nobody treats it like traffic, like driving traffic in a, in a grocery store. People just come blowing right out of aisles. Like you're walking down the main aisle, just come blowing right out. Just be like, oh, look where you're going. I'm like, how about you do it, stupid? <laughs> oh, man. Like it's everything about it is just like, it's, it's your, and maybe it's just a factor of people wanting to get in and out quickly, which I understand a hundred percent. But there are other people there and people just put the blinders on and they don't give a shit. They just go right through and God help you if you get in their way because you're going to get screamed at. And it's just everything about it is just stress. That's why I, I developed a system. If I'm going to Wegmans tops, I can go at almost any time. I'm not going on a weekend, but like during the week, anytime good Wegmans. If I'm going at any, like any point during the week, I have certain hours that I will refuse to go there because it'll be batshit crazy. We probably, as you said that, I'm like, you know what? We could have an own, our own segment, our own power entire episode. We could have did a starting five draft literally just on this topic alone and nothing else. I want to say old can. people. I want to say old people, but then I'm going to get in trouble if I say that. Plus, I'm going to be an old person very soon. My mom's <laughs> an old person going shopping already. And I, you know, I don't want to. But it's kind of when you're trying to get in and out of aisles and just old people are just walking like a half a mild freaking it, it's annoying but more than that i also and this is not well two other things i i gotta mention them both i love like you i go at different times i hate going to a store now at night where there's no cashiers and you gotta you have to self-checkout that happens at tops wegmans all the way until midnight there's somebody to cash you out at least one register is open i'm speaking in west Seneca at least tops after like nine o'clock you have to cash yourself out 
Sometimes I got 15, 20 items. I don't want to have to cash myself out. That's annoying. And then the other thing, and this is a New York thing, is the shopping bags. You just get the plastic shopping bags. Mm -hmm. Now you have to buy your own bag or bring your own bags. You don't have to buy them every time. But I always leave them at home. I I buy bags. I get my groceries. I take them out at home. I leave the bag in the closet or wherever. And I don't have it in my car. I end up buying more and more. I probably got about 70 bags. And then I seen Tops is selling the bundles of the bags that they took off that you can't get anymore for like five ninety nine. You know what I'm talking about? The plastic yep. bags. Mm-hmm. I think that's a New York thing because I know in Florida, they still give you plastic bags. I'm going down a rabbit hole with bitching about fucking <laughs> grocery shopping. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> well, I, let me tell you, your complaint about the Tops cash outs is very warranted because theirs don't work right half the time because it's very at least the one that i go to where it's like put your thing in the bag and i'm like okay i did and they're like it's not in the bag you can't scan another thing and i'm like it is in the bag uh, please like, it's, I, I take it out put it back in take it out put it back in and then it's like the thing is like then it refuses to let you scan anything else and you had to have somebody come over and i'm like this thing is stupid and it won't won't read that i put food like put the thing in the bag and then it's constantly waiting for the person attending it to come over to you know to put the code in and then just let it be okay and i'm like why is do the why do the wait like i, I get you're trying to not get ripped off but like fuck dude like I, I, it's right there like it's a loaf of bread how much can it weigh um <laughs> i'm i insulted old people that was that was wrong <laughs> i mean old people i love old people <laughs> But they take forever. Oh, the it's so hard to get her. It's so hard to get around them in the aisles, and they clog them all up. If you go in the list, especially if you go into like the late morning, forget about it, man. It's uh, it's over. All right, my, two more my, here. My other, my other favorite. Oh, see, you got go me. Go ahead. Let me go in here. The, my other favorite one is like, uh, you're going down the aisle. Somebody has like their card on the one side, and then they're like on the other side of the aisle picking stuff off the shelf. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, you don't get to. No, do no, 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 no. You don't take up the entire aisle to look. <laughs> That's not how this works. Uh, I can't believe we said first time talking about. <laughs> I guess we we've had a bunch like of grumpy old man segment now. Joe and Bad have had some pent up frustration. I guess about uh <laughs> grocery shopping here. All right, second last one. What is something that you'll never do again in your life? Jeez, man, that's. Uh, oh, this no, I got. See, now you got me down the customer service ramble hole. Uh, I will never fly United Airlines ever again. <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever again. One bad instance is all it took. And I will, I, not, I, no, I don't do as much travel for, for, you know, sports stuff as I used to. Mm-hmm. But if, if like the, the cheap flight thing comes through and the cheapest ones on United, I'm like, what's the cheapest one for any other airline? <laughs> I am not getting on your goddamn airplane. You crooks. Oh God. I hate him. And, and like, and if you're flying through Dulles kiss three days, goodbye. You might be, you might be living in DC by the end of it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate them so much. They're so bad. Uh, I, um, I am going to go with something I'll never do. I, I went to Darien Lake. When I first started dating my wife, within a couple of months, we went to Darien Lake and um, went with my friend who was my roommate at the time. And I believe his girlfriend, too. And I am horrified of heights. And I signed up and paid. I want to say it was like the Sky Screamer or something like that. It's some shit that takes you up like 200 feet in the air or whatever. And then you just go flying over the water. And I'm horrified of heights. But I, w- I didn't want... My well, now it's my wife at the time, the girl I was dating. I didn't want her thinking I was like, you know, 
some some little bitch. So I said, you know what? I'm doing this shit. This ain't nothing. Blah, 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 blah. Because she was doing it. And, and my friend, we were all doing it. I didn't want to do it, but I signed up and it was like 30 bucks or something like that too. Anyway, throughout the day, anxiety started kicking in and I started getting mm -hmm. nervous and scared. I seen other people doing it. I was like, please, please. Don't. By the grace of God, about, I swear to you, Joe, maybe 40 minutes before, because you had, it was for a specific time too. Like right. you were, you know, you made your, they had an appointment mm -hmm. 40 minutes before it started pouring out and it got canceled. And I was oh, so man. relieved, man. I was, I think when Bush came to shove, I would have chickened out at the very last second because I would have mm -hmm. had a panic attack. I would have fainted. I'm so deathly afraid of heights. So anyway, something I'll never do again is I'll never even sign up again <laughs> to do anything, any ride or like bungee jumping or skyline stuff, stuff like that, where you're hanging. Mm -hmm that high i'll never ever do that shit man did uh i assume your wife knows the story right yeah, yeah. i'm sure she has to she has to know the story now would that have changed her mind had it come to that she would have been like i can't go out with this guy i know like well, the the, uh, the, the, the premise <laughs> of our entire relationship is going to be based on if i have enough guts to go on a 300 feet above uh ground skyline or some shit like that that's what i was thinking i was being an idiot kind of macho kind of guy saying yeah, yeah i could do this i could do this but i couldn't do it I was scared, and I think God bailed me out with a uh, a nice rainstorm. <laughs> All right, last question here: What is your favorite love story movie? Oh, I, you don't come across to me as like to somebody who enjoys the the sappy kind of movies all that much. No, but. no, no. It's um, I'm a long I'm a long ways removed from having like you know uh the, the like the date nights with the with the you know the romance movie date nights and it's, you know it's it's i don't know that's uh that's not something that really happens anymore really but um it's gotta have a, a couple of those like good movies that are just a good love story that you're like this is a good movie man uh there's a couple a couple that stick out um i think pretty woman's great sure pretty woman's Absolutely. a great one uh sabrina i think sabrina is a, is a really nice one that uh that one had like what uh uh i think there was another richard gear one i mean it's i think it's been made a couple of times i think it was like a remake years ago or uh or maybe it was um harrison ford maybe i don't know I, it but i remember the crux of the story i'm not doing myself a lot of favors here <laughs> um, but i remember the crux of the story being like oh that's really nice that's 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 really that's really cute now I could, if I wanted to be a troll, I could have been like Armageddon <laughs> and have everybody just retching, listening, like hearing me try to fuck that up. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it's not a genre I really dig into too much. I, I kind of like the one in Titanic, honestly, with uh, Jack and Rose, even though. Love story, sure. It's it's twisted in its way, <laughs> you know, but, but it's it's incredibly sweet. That, that one actually might actually be my favorite, but that's because I'm a big Kate Winslet softy and Leo's, Leo's an incredible actor. So like, eh, I don't know, but yeah, I, I think I, I took three off the board. I eh, might be Titanic. I don't know. Right. I, um, I don't know if you've seen this movie. It doesn't on the surface seem so much, maybe like a love story. Have you ever seen the crow? Oh yeah. Mm. I, I love the crow, man. I mean, you got Eric Draven and he's going to get married his fiance. Mm -hmm. Um, a gang comes in, they, they, they rape and murder her. They murder him. Mm -hmm. Dude literally comes back from the dead to avenge what happened to his fiance. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And he did it all for her. And then at the very end, he goes back there. You know what I mean? In the cemetery. Mm -hmm. Great moment. Again, it feels more like a, a violent action type movie. And of course, that's the movie where uh, Brandon Lee dies, mm-hmm. like in real life. Yeah. But anyway, that it's actually a really good love story if you think about it, man. What he was, what, what he did, twisted, absolutely. Of course, it's twisted. Ooh. But, but he comes back from the fucking dead to avenge his wife, takes out that whole gang so he could be, and then he's back with her at the very end. I just thought that movie was awesome. You know what? You know it's another movie that's really good that had the same kind of storyline. Ghost. Sure. Crazy Demi Moore and that scumbag dude that I'll never be able to look at him ever again <laughs> without being like, God, I hate that guy. Oh, <laughs> hit him with another bus, please. Oh, man. All right. That, that is going to do it for this episode. That was fun. I like doing those kind of things, man. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do some more of those next week. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Yurden. Maintenance Day podcast Mondays. In fact, now that this one's ending, if you haven't already, make sure you hear uh, – Joe and Lance talk about the Sabres coming out of the all-star break. I haven't listened to it yet because to be fair, it literally just dropped an hour or so before work taping, but I'm going to be checking that out. Of course, subscribe to Noted Hockey. This is Joe's baby, man. He's working his ass off for it again. Five bucks per month, 50 bucks per year. Can that go wrong? Tons of Sabres and hockey stuff from a unique angle, stuff that you're only going to get when you subscribe. So make sure you do that again. It's notedhockey.substack.com. Um, that's about it for today. Have a good week. It's good to have you on. Next week, there'll actually be, well, one game. I know they play Calgary on yeah. Saturday. They'll be in the midst of hockey action again. So we'll we'll have fun doing that. Thanks as always for doing the pod, buddy. Appreciate it, Pat. Thanks for having me. And yeah, we'll get everybody uh, tuned up for the final run of uh, Sabres after dark for the season. Yeah. Talk to you guys later this week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.